Hey guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Show. My name is Andrew Frezza, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Brittany Welk from Lady Strong Fitness out of Chicago. Uh, so welcome to the show, Brittany. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has honestly been something I've been like wanting to be on your podcast for so long. So I'm super excited um, to get to connect with you and just kind of talk shop and see what we can uh, teach your listeners today. So thanks for having me. Definitely. Yeah, I've seen your name around in different different forums. I've seen some of your podcasts that I've really enjoyed. So you're you're someone that's definitely uh, starting to build a little bit of a name for yourself and some credibility, yeah. at least among uh, you know the gym owners that I follow. So uh, it's really cool the things that you're doing. And the focus of today's episode, we talked before this, that we want to make the focus of this episode on that uh, lead nurturing process or that member life cycle from the time mm -hmm. that we find that person as a lead through mm -hmm. sales conversion and onboarding all the way through to retaining those members. Uh, yeah. But before we get into that, let's let's just hear a little bit about your background. Mm -hmm. So Lady Strong Fitness is the gym, correct? Yes. So and we're a gym. Yeah. We're is, that, a, is that women only? I mean, that's, it is, that's yeah. my guess. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is women only. Um, we just actually rebranded. We changed the name at the beginning of this year. So we were formerly Midwest Performance, and we were getting a lot of, like, um, issues with, like, people thinking we were a car parts place. So um, naming is, like, I feel like it's, it's everything. Like, you have to have a good name in order for people to understand what you are. And when we were asking people, like, what do you think Midwest Performance is? They'd be like, mm, I don't know. But now when you say Lady Strong Fitness, it totally makes sense. Um, and it comes right out, like, must be a gym for only women. And that's exactly what it is. So um, we're based out of um, the suburbs of Chicago. So we're in Schaumburg. So we're about 30 minutes outside of Chicago. Um, we've been open. We just hit our three-year anniversary um, at the beginning of this month. Um, we're ab at about 250 members right now, active members right now. Um, and just just going strong, I, I guess. Um, my partner, Marcia, and I are in the business together. Um, she is my fiance as well as my business partner. So awesome. um, we were both previous gym owners um, in South Dakota. That's where I grew up. Um, she lived there for about 10 years and she actually owned a CrossFit gym in, uh, in South Dakota. So CrossFit was kind of where she got her start. Boot camp was kind of where I got my start. Um, she fights professional MMA. So when in 2016, she moved back to Chicago to pursue MMA full time. I followed her and then we started this gym and, the rest is kind of history. So, yeah. Cool. Did you guys both own gyms prior to this one? So she had a actual brick and mortar CrossFit gym. Um, she actually had two facilities. They were about 90 minutes apart. So she was doing a lot of traveling. Um, and early on, when you first start your business, she, she was like the one doing all the training and coaching. So we didn't know a ton about business back then. So we were kind of doing it backwards. Um, so she had a brick and mortar. I actually started my boot camp out of my garage and then had to rent a uh, old abandoned like high school gymnasium for a while so I never actually had my own facility but um, I just ran six week boot camps like six weeks at a time um, she started doing that and then opened her CrossFit gym in like 2014 2013 14 somewhere in there and okay. ran that for two or three years um, in, just in a small town in South Dakota so yeah that's awesome so mm -hmm. do you feel like you kind of you kind of owned a gym prior to opening this gym right? Is mm -hmm. that kind of how you yeah. felt? Do yeah. you think that that um, streamlined and expedited your success? Like, do you think you would have gotten to where you are three years in 
obviously you wouldn't get there starting from scratch, but do you think there was an advantage to almost like owning a gym prior to then like having a brand new fresh start with this one? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I went to school for business and finance, so I kind of, that it's always been a passion of mine and Marcia, very similar to me. She has an IT background and a business background. So like, I feel like entrepreneurship was always kind of the way we were going to go, but fit, it was never for sure going to be fitness. So having a gym prior to this kind of teaches you all of the things that you shouldn't do. Um, because being a new gym owner, you make all of those mistakes early on. And we were able to make those mistakes outside of this facility and learn from those and really kind of start with a leg up in this one while still learning and growing with this one. So I definitely think it, it, it helped for sure. Yeah. I see, I see a lot of gym owners. I think even the case with ourselves, like we've been doing it now seven years. If we could have started with what we know now, I think we could have gotten there probably in two or three years Oh yeah. with, with less headache actually. And I think yeah. a lot of times the, uh, you know, mistakes are good. We never want to have to think about avoiding mistakes completely, but I think there's an advantage to starting on the right foot. Um, and it sounds oh, yeah. like you guys have done that. I would um, agree. I think it's important to, cause you think about it and it's, and it kind of gets hard too, because when you start something and then leave it and then start it again, you feel like you've been doing it forever, but in the grand scheme of things, we've really only been doing this for three years, even though we've had, you know, several years of experience in owning a gym, this one we've only had for three years. So when you feel like you should already be there, that, that fighting with that feeling is really hard because you're like, man, I feel like I've been doing this forever. Why aren't we there yet? But then it's like, yeah. really, we've only been doing this for three years, which is still like the infancy stage in a business. So it's like, it's, you kind of have to have some perspective when it comes to that stuff too. And as an entrepreneur, that's hard because you just want to be there <laughs> and it takes a little bit longer. Yeah. So, yeah. Was it always a female only gym? So when we started in Schaumburg, we were actually renting like a corner space in Marcia's MMA gym. So we had gone back and forth, her and I, and we were like, man, do we really want to do this again? Because this is a lot of work. Like it's a lot of work and it's a commitment. And at the time, we we assumed that owning a gym was just going to consume our lives because it did then. You know, we didn't really know a ton about business. So we were doing everything. So we're like, man, do we really want to do that all over again? And we're like, you know what? Let's give it a try. So we started with a 12-week program um, and we ended up getting like 25 people in and one guy. And the only reason that I was a guy was because he did it with his fiance because they were getting married like that summer. So it was the only reason. But it was all women other than that. And it wasn't on purpose. It was just that's how we that's how it ended up. So after that 12 week program, we were like, let's, you know, we might be onto something here. And we just decided to niche to women. And we're like, cause there's no women facilities around us. Curves is kind of a thing of the past. There used to be a women's workout world here in Chicago, but that's kind of the thing of the past too. So there's really only, um, you know, burn boot camp. We do have a burn boot camp close to us, which is really only women. But other than that, there's really nothing else out there. Um, in our area so like let's just give it a try and a lot of people were like well did you cut out half your market i'm like i don't know or did we just steal half the market like you can yeah. look at it from a glass half full perspective and it's worked really well for us so um no complaints yet yeah i mean the, the numbers definitely would, would suggest that you're doing very well with that um mm -hmm. what are what are like just from your perspective as more the business owner because obviously there's there's a track record of success there but what have you felt as like the pros and cons have been of having female only? Um, honestly, I think the pros are the fact that we get a lot of women who are new to fitness. We really have a 
a diverse group of people. You know, the Muslim culture is really big here in Chicago and in the suburban area. And a lot of those women can't work out around men because they wear their hijabs or their scarves. So they can't be around men to work out. So they come to us a lot because we have an all women staff. We have an all women studio. So they can come and work out with us and they can take off their scarves and things like that because it's all women. Um, So I think that that has been really helpful. Um, Cons are... um, you know, it's it's women. So there's a lot of hormones. There's a lot of things going on. So it can be kind of difficult to manage all of that because um, it's not a bad thing, but it it's just it can be. Guys are just like come in, do your workout, leave, and like they're not really big on like the aesthetics and everything like that. So, but like women really like nice bathrooms and nice lockers and towels, and you know they they're a little bit different demographic. So I wouldn't say there's any real cons, honestly. But it's just a different way of of running your gym. You know, you yeah. you look at it from a different from a female perspective versus like a co-ed perspective. De- definitely, the women put you more on your A game, I'm sure. From yes, they do. Yeah, they do, which is a good thing. Yeah, they keep us on our toes for sure. <laughs> so for for people out there that are starting to get their interest peaked by this idea, um, do you think it's do you think your success has come from like your entire gym is built around it? you change the name so it's clearly part of the branding and marketing? Or do you think someone could easily add on a women's only class and have success with it? Or do you think it's not that simple? I I, I think you could do it, um, but I, I don't think it's that simple because I think that, you know, for us, when we have these women coming in, they're really coming in from a perspective of they don't really like to be around a bunch of other men they don't like to be around a bunch a bunch of other like super fit people like our demographic is a very different demographic it's like the opposite of like an orange theory or berries boot camp it's like the complete different spectrum of that demographic so I think just creating that culture and that community and like the way that we run our classes and the way that we run our studio is is more niche than just like adding a women's only class. I definitely think that you, if you just wanted to add a women's only class, like you could, you could definitely be successful with it. But for us, there's way more behind the scenes that we do um, from a female perspective than just like running a female only gym. Yeah. I kind of see it as like similar to like the way a lot of CrossFit gyms now are trying to do boot camp programs and some are just kind of slapping it on there and just, they're hearing hearing interest in it, so they think that there's a need for it, but they haven't really fully committed to it and given its own identity, which I think is really the key. Um, and it sounds like there's even a lot more to it with a, a ladies-only program that you have to go deeper with. Yeah, and I think that you can add you can add any class. Like if I wanted to add a Zumba class to my studio, I could, or I could add you know a CrossFit style class to my studio, I could. But I think it's really important to be unapologetically whatever you are. If you are CrossFit, if you are boot camp, if you are women's only, if you are yoga, if you are Pilates, like you have to own that, own that space, own what your concept is and go all in on that. Because a lot of times as, you know, as entrepreneurs and as small gym owners, we do hear our members talking about things that they want to see more of and things that they would like to do. And while it's awesome to want to make your members happy, you have to remember that if you're starting to spread yourself with 50 different things, something is going to start lacking somewhere or another and it could completely you know destroy or really hurt everything else you've got going on so for us it's like we are unapologetically what we do and we probably won't ever add anything else to our studio yeah 
And having that filter is so nice. Like as a business mm-hmm. owner, there's so many decisions you don't have to make or don't even have to yeah. consider because of that. So that's that's really yep. cool. So it sounds like the name change was one of the, the tipping points in yeah. the last three years. Were there any other big tipping points that stick out to you that were like, you know, this was a, a big uh, a turning point for us or, or big momentum builder for us over the last three years? Or, yeah, and then the other we, question with that is how, how long have you been at this threshold, this 250 members and kind of that spot? How long did it take you to get there? So we started in a, a, a facility about half the size of the one that we have. So we moved and and expanded our studio in December of 2017. Okay. So that was one point I would say we we opened in October of 2016 and then by the by the fall or summer summer fall of 2017 we were like busting at the seams we were struggling to get people into classes and at that point we were at about 125 members and we weren't running a ton of classes but we could only fit so many people in our in our classes we could only fit like 12 to 15 people in a class and we knew that we were going to have to try to expand that class size if we wanted to put more members in, in our studio so we actually just moved a couple doors down from the studio that we were in so we moved everything over. They, we did the build out and everything and opened in December of 2017. And at that point in time, um, we changed our pricing structure at that point in time. We had a bigger facility, new equipment, everything was changing. After that, it was almost like a whole new business again. So that point really helped kind of increase our membership as well because it was like literally we had a whole new gym. So when we were advertising, it was like there was a whole new gym in town. So that really created some buzz there. And then... When we changed the name in January of this year, that is when we were able to overcome that 200 mark. Um, we just re- recently hit that 250. So it's, it hasn't taken us very long to get there. Um, we're consistently marketing, um, consistently doing that kind of stuff, getting our girls, get a lot of referrals. Um, so that's been helping. But the lady strong thing really, I think that has probably been the biggest tipping point for us um, in regards to. Awesome. So let's dive into that member life cycle process. Um, when you think about the life cycle just as a whole, what are what are the things that stand out to you? Is there anything that jumps out to you initially as like most important points along the process or parts that maybe you guys struggled with that now you're really good at? Um, what really jumps out to you first? I think that the biggest thing you know, for a while there that we really struggled with was, was retention. Like that was a huge thing for us because we did do Alex Hormozzi's gym launch. We did go through that program. And while it did really great things for our studio, it actually caused some really serious retention problems for us as well, because we were cycling through so many people. We were getting so many people in at a time that it was really hard to keep track of everybody and really move people through that member life cycle. Like we like to. Um, so Retention was a was a lesson that we learned really hard probably last summer was when it was really tough for us. I think the biggest thing that now that we really focus on is that first week when we have we do free week trials. So that first week is almost like the first trimester of a pregnancy. It's like the most important time for us to really make sure that we're giving them the attention, the follow up 
um, confirming classes, checking in on them, making them really feel like a part of our team. Even the way that our coaches speak to them in classes, even the way that our front desk girls speak to them. Like we really try to make them feel a part of our family even before they join. That way, when it gets to the point of having the conversation of whether they want to become a member or not, it makes it really easy because they already feel like they're a part of us. So it becomes very difficult for them to say no. So that first like week is the most important, crucial time for us. How, how do you guys manage that? Do you guys have a software? Do you guys shoot for a certain amount of touch points outside of classes, like phone calls and texts? Mm -hmm. How do you manage that? So we, I kind of like have a mix of like old school and like new school staff. So like some of them really like paper, like pen and paper, and some of them really like Google Sheets and then all of them like both. So we do a little bit of everything. First, we manage all of the leads that come in on a Google Sheet um, and then we, I have a checklist. So I just started using this checklist probably about, mm, I would say like 60 days ago where I listed out like everything they're supposed to do during the day. And a part of it is like lead follow-up. So like the girls always know they're confirming classes within 24 hours of their first class. Um, if they came in on a Monday and it's Tuesday, anybody that came in on Monday gets a, like gets a follow-up text on Tuesday. Hey, how are you feeling? How did you enjoy class? Did we get your next class book? And that happens all week. So every single time that they're in class, they're getting confirmed and they're getting followed up with after their class. And that's all the way through their first week. And we manage that on our um, on our Google Sheet that we have. Okay. Cool. So then you just basically have individual people that are sort of you're assigning a new client to those people, dividing them up, and then they kind of take it on. Yeah. Yep. Every day, like all of the girls, like I have three, I have three, four front desk girls that work for me. And they always know the routine because it's on the checklist. So they always know, okay, if I'm working the AM shift, I need to confirm the PM shift classes. And I also need to check in on the people who were, who were here last night. If I'm working PM, I'm confirming the AM classes and checking on the morning people. It's always kind of a, they always know where they're supposed to be based on the checklist that they have. Um, so nobody ever gets missed. Cool. And uh, what percentage of people do the free week of, of your new members? Do all of them do the free week? Yeah, pretty much everybody comes in on a free week with us. It's the offer that has done the best um, since we, we've, we've run free week ads consistently for at least the last year. Um, this last, in October, we did a three for 300 special for our birthday. So we do three months of unlimited classes for 300. Mm -hmm. We got quite a few people in off of that, but normally it's just our free week. We just get, we get about five to seven leads a day off of our Facebook marketing um, and our our book rate is really high. We're above like 70% of people who book. We're about 75 to 80% of the people show. Um, and our, our close rate of the people that show up is, is around like 35, 37% somewhere in there. So um, our book and show rates are always really good. Um, and I believe it's because of the process that we have for confirming classes and following up with people because we never let them forget. And, and I'm a huge advocate of like, if they have to reschedule a class, we tentatively book their class. We don't just let them say, oh, I need to call you back. Right. No, my girls know like, hey, let's just get you into a class. If that one doesn't work, you just let us know, but at least we have them booked. Then that way we know they're not getting missed either. Yeah, you're always, you're always pinning down that next action. And then yeah. that way you know whether to kind of drop them from the process. They don't just get put in this like limbo phase where you don't know where right. they're at at any given time. Yep. Um, so yeah. I like that you have these touch points throughout and it's basically almost daily, assuming that person's attending mm -hmm. most days during the free week. Yep. Where does that change to, okay, now we they're getting close to the free week. 
How do you convert them? Is that a phone call? Is that in person? What does that look like at the end of the free week? Yeah, so typically on the third class, we kind of set that expectation right away is on the third class, we're going to sit down and kind of have a strategy session with them regarding their goals. Um, so it's in person. We do that in person, usually after their third class, um, unless they ask for it sooner, which is fine. We try to get them to their third class because you really want them to kind of experience class, experience that whole kind of process in that week. Um, so on a good day, um, after the third class, the girls will sit down with them. Um, we have a questionnaire that we kind of go through. We let them um, fill it out first. You want them to kind of go through it on their own, on their own time. Because sometimes, like, when you sit down with people, they're not going to be completely honest with you. You can dig and dig and dig all you want. I believe in sales. Like, if you ask the right questions, people will tell you. But they still won't tell you the whole truth. But if you can sit them down in their own space and in their own head and let them just answer these questions, um, basic questions like, what have you tried in the past? What's worked? What hasn't worked? On a scale of 1 to 10, how committed are you? You know, what are you looking for in a program? And then we usually go through that questionnaire with them, just kind of regurgitating what they have said, maybe asking a few more questions to dive in. And then once we go through that, we usually just go right to recommending the package that we think is best for them. Um, I don't really like to give them all the options. It's like then all of a sudden we have, you know, three or four different things to choose from. It becomes difficult for them to choose. But if I say, listen, based on the conversation that we just had and the goals that you set out with me, I believe that this package is going to be the best one for you. Um, and then we just go right for the recommendation. It also makes it feel a little bit more customized versus just giving them the options and like, okay, which one works best. For me, it's like they look at me as the professional, like I'm the doctor, I'm the one supposed to be prescribing to them what they, what I think is going to be best and what's going to get them the best results. Um, and it, it works well for us. So. Yeah, that's, that's big. We talk about that a lot. I mean, I think that's what uh, Chris Cooper at Two Brain talks about is just like, try to take the money out of it. Just think about what does that person's need and right. prescribe that for them, you know, mm -hmm. and then you can always talk about the financial side afterwards, but, you know, be the expert in that sense. Where, where do you see people drop off? So like, do you see, does everybody want that goal setting session? So one of the things that we have trouble with sometimes at our facility is we have a free intro that we try to do before they ever do their first class. Mm -hmm. um, and now what we do is even if they take a free class, we'll try to do it afterwards or even once they've signed up just as a retention tool. Um, yeah. But do you have trouble getting people to buy into that goal session? Do you get, do you have trouble getting people to actually attend classes in their first week? Where, where are those uh, hiccups happening? I think it depends on the person that you have. Um, I, I don't ever like ask for them to sit down or do you want to sit down? I just set the expectation. Like we're going to sit down. We're going to go over this stuff. If you want to be successful, this is important. Um, I honestly also am not a, I'm not a buy, buy for me or, or else kind of a, a salesperson. It's like, either you want this or you don't like either you want to be here or you don't want to be here. I don't. And I will. And I tell people like, uh, if you don't want to be here, I don't want you here because at the end of the day, you're going to be the person that comes to me in two months that wants to cancel because you haven't been getting, giving your best effort yet. I've been giving you everything that I promised to give you. So I, I, I don't believe in allowing people to not want to sit down with me. Like sometimes it's hard because they're in a rush or whatever the case may be. If somebody comes to me and says, Hey, can I go over your pricing? I'll say, you know, do you have, you know, 20 to 30 minutes to sit down with me? Well, no. Okay. But maybe at your next test, do you think you'd be able to give me 20 or 30 minutes after class to sit down? Oh yeah. Okay. So next class we're going to sit down. We're going to chat about all this stuff. And usually they're okay with that. Um, I do find that people who just want to know your prices are not the kind of people that I really want in my gym. And that's just a personal thing for me because 
the way that we work our concept is this this doesn't happen in 30 days or 60 days or 90 days like this is a we really teach a lifestyle transformation from like mentally emotionally physically everything the whole gamut and for our women and for the concept that we run that's always the direction i go and if you're really not here to transform your life then i don't really want you here and maybe that's why we haven't grown as fast as maybe some other people because we are kind of picky about that but i also believe that that's why my retention is beyond 18 months too you know i have some members that have been with us for over three years so i don't know if if maybe that has something to do with it but people will drop off if they just don't want it bad enough i learned a long time ago during my pt cert that you have three kinds of people that come to your gym you have the people who know they need to work out and are willing to do it and are willing to do whatever it takes to get it done you have those people that know they should probably work out and are kind of in kind of out and they'll show up maybe a couple times a week but not that often but they'll stay then you have those people who are nervous they're scared they do know that they need to work out, but they're just not ready to do it, but they're going to come in and at least just give it a try. And I believe that you have to kind of figure out where those people are, you know, and you can read yeah. people. Usually you can read people in that first week, even after their first class, you'll know like, yeah, this person's probably going to be a good person or mm, this person's not going to be such a good person, but I'm a firm believer. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, but you have to kind of read your, your leads as they come in to kind of know if they're going to be a good fit or if they're not going to be a good fit. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I mean, I think that's probably part of the the failure you saw long term with something like Gym Launch was that such a big part of retention is having a great class experience. And your class experience relies on the people that are already in it. And if you have these people that are wishy-washy or really aren't there for the full experience, then that takes away from the people yeah. that, you know, more are more of your ideal clients. So I think you're you're right with that. And I also think with holding people accountable to something like that goals conversation, you have the ability to maybe change their perception early on before it gets too late. So that person that is on the fence, but has really bad uh, just mindset around uh, working out or training, or just has never developed the right habits to get going. You're starting to reframe those things. Like how serious are you really? If you can't find 15 or 20 minutes to sit down with me. All right. Mm -hmm. Yep. And those are the people that you end up finding out that have had like 10 gym memberships and they've never stuck to one thing. And that's just, and it stinks because you're the one that's getting the short end of the stick because of the stigma around all of the other experiences that they've had in the past. They just assume that this one's going to be the same. So for those people, it takes a little bit of extra work on our part um, to kind of coach them and mold them to understand that what you're offering is not a quick fix. This is something that we're trying to get you into understand like a lifestyle change from nutrition habits to mindset habits to exercise habits, all of those things have to come in line. And I think that that's sometimes what a lot of fitness facilities are missing is like, you can have great classes, but if you don't have a nutrition program or an accountability program to help your members, their retention is going to be like this much. But if you can have some kind of an accountability, whether you do challenges or seminars or clinics, and you have some kind of a nutrition program that you're running with your members, or you're doing nutrition seminars once a quarter, and you also have great classes, your retention is going to be so much higher because you're giving people a 360 degree experience, not just, you know, piece of it. It's everything. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the, the lead generation process. You said you're mm -hmm. getting about five to seven leads a week through Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, do you have different types of ads runnings? Do you just run an ad for the free week? What does that look like? 
Yeah, so we just run an app for for the free week. So we work with Loud Rumor um, out of Scottsdale, Arizona. We've been working for them with them for three years. Um, they've been our marketing agency since we started, and um, with them, we just run free week ads. But we run multiple different kinds of ads with videos and um, different ad copy and things like that. So we could be having like four or five ads running at one time. Um, and then they may obviously manage all of our ads for us. So if something's underperforming, then they'll shut it off. If it's performing well, then we'll, you know, they might tweak it here and there. Um, we do have a, like our website has our <coughs> on it too. We get a lot of traffic to our website too. We probably get a good, I would say eight to 10 leads a week just from our website. Okay. So, um, I think that that is, like a huge thing for us is being able to get traffic onto our website and traffic on Facebook and referral. You never want to just have like one place where you're getting all of your leads from. You want to, you know, we have an email list that we nurture to every single week too. So having different avenues of leads, whether it's just ads on Facebook, you're sending out email campaigns because we have a podcast that we send out, you know, we send that out every Monday to our email list. Then we have our, our website and then we have referrals too. So um, I think it's important for any fitness studio to have several different areas that you're getting leads from, because at the end of the day, if Mark Zuckerberg wants to flip the switch on Facebook, you've got to have to get people in your doors. Yeah. So I want to kind of get into the details of that. Like when someone sees the ad, are they hitting book now in directly in the ad and you're getting that information there, they go into a landing page and then what's the next steps from your end to reach out to them? Yep, so when they see the ad on Facebook, they'll click like learn more, I think is what the button says, and it takes them to a landing page. And then on the landing page, we capture name, email, and phone number. As soon as they submit that information, I actually get a text on my phone with all their lead info. And we use a platform called Scipio. It's a texting platform. It's very similar to like ZipWin. So we use Scipio. And we have it set up where as soon as we get a lead, they get an automatic text in Scipio. So we it's connected through Zapier. I think it's called Zapier. Mm -hmm. So as soon as it is that lead hits, it goes onto our Google Sheet and then it also goes into a group in Scipio and they get an automatic text message. And it just says, Hey Susie, um, this is Brittany from Lady Strong Fitness. We're excited to have you in for your free week. In order to get your first class book, we just need to know if you prefer morning or evening classes. And Scipio also has a phone. So like I check my, if I get a lead and it's in the middle of the day where I'm, when I'm not staffed, I'll get on my Scipio app and I'll, and I'll go through the process because the money is in the follow-up. You hear that all the time. I believe it's like a, if, if you get to a lead after, I think within, after five minutes of getting their information, I want to say it's like a 500% like drop off rate for those people to actually book their class. It's like an astronomical number of how bad they drop off from actually being able to book them into a class so that automatic text really helps the speed of getting to those leads um and then we usually go through that process ask morning or evening class times i don't like giving all of my class times i want to know do you prefer morning or evening so then i can narrow down the time and literally it's it most of the time booking a class for me is like two to three minute process like evening times work here's my evening classes i can get you in tonight at this time this time this time they'll say you know 6 25 okay great and then my waiver, like my liability waiver, is electronic. So I just send them the link to our waiver form so it's already done before they even come in to me. That way I don't have to worry about any paperwork when they come in and I'm just able to give them the best experience possible when they come in. Um, and then we book them, we mark them booked on our lead sheet, we get them into the class in mind body, and then that's 
that's about it. And that's exactly how it works with our website. Nice. What do you use for the waiver? Uh, it's called Waiver King. So Waiver King only integrates with MindBody, I believe. So like, for example, if I send the link to you and you fill it out, it will create a profile for you in MindBody and then it will dump right into your documents tab in MindBody. So like it's already there for you, which I like because at the end of the day, people are nervous to even come into your gym. Like they're already freaking out coming into a new place. So I feel like having them fill out the waiver and everything is so like, very like stamped, like this is what I'm expected to do versus me being able to really greet them and, and get them excited and get them pumped up. So I take the waiver form out of it completely before they even come. So that way, when they come in, I can show them the lockers, get them a towel, get them excited, introduce them to their coach. It just becomes a very more um, vibrant experience than just like, okay, I got to fill out the paperwork and this and that. Like this just gets kind of mundane and it kind of brings the energy level down and I want them to be excited. Yeah. yeah. So you, you said the waiver is sent through MindBody or a separate service? So it's separate. So Waiver King is what the <laughs> name of the company that the software company that we use for that. And it's set separately. So I just have a Waiver King link that I send to the lead and it, but it integrates with MindBody. So as soon as they fill it out online and hit the submit button, it will create a MindBody profile for them and it will dump that electronic form in their documents tab on MindBody. So it's like nice. integrated. So it's two separate softwares, but they integrate together. Mm -hmm. Nice. It's awesome. Um, I, I love kind of taking a quick step back. I love that question of do you prefer AM or PM classes? Mm -hmm. It seems like such a disarming question. Like mm -hmm. it's something that I think, you know, people expect that they're going to be thrown right into a sales process mm -hmm. or they're expecting to like talk about pricing. A lot of them have that in their mind. And it's mm -hmm. such a quick way to direct them right to like, a very simple question, but you still haven't yet asked them like, what time do you want to do your free class? Even though it's, it's kind of like, uh, insinuating that. So I really like that question. Have you, was that something from loud rumor? Is that part of their process? Have, have no, you tried other questions? No, I have never tried any. It's, it's the question I've oh, it's how I've always approached my leads since day one. Um, because I feel like when you ask them, like, it makes them feel like you care. Like you want to know what actually works best for them. I'm not just saying like, these are the times I have available. Which one can you make work? I'm saying, okay, do you prefer morning or evening? Okay, great. And a lot of times it'll be like, oh, evening after five. Okay, cool. I have a 625 and a 735. Does one of those work best for you? Or which one works best for you? Versus me just being like, oh, I have open spots at 625. Can you make that work? You know, I'm, I'm really making it about them more than it is about us. You know, I don't want them to ever feel like I'm trying to, you know, tell them how they're supposed to come in for their free week. I really want them to like have the reins on the whole experience and, and have something that feels good for them right off the bat. Cool. And then with Scipio, you say the first text automated, mm -hmm. uh, which you don't necessarily see that. You just see that they filled out the form, correct? You get yep. that notification. So you're, yep. you're sort of waiting for their response mm -hmm. to that automated text, which that then yes. comes to your phone though, if they respond. Yeah. Yep. So if they respond as Scipio has a, has a phone app and then I just get a notification right on my phone when they respond. And then if they don't respond, I'm literally following up with them like 10 minutes later. If I don't hear from them, I'm going to ask them, Hey, you know, Hey Sally, did morning or evening work better for you? And a lot of times then they'll reply because it's like, they either forgot about it or they didn't read it or they saw it and then they didn't read it. Oh yeah, that's right. I got to respond to these people. So I'm, I'm very adamant about how fast and how much I follow up with people. Um, we do twice a day for the first two weeks. 
So for the first 14 days that I get a lead, we are twice a day. We're either texting in the morning and calling at night or calling in the morning and texting at night until somebody tells me that they're not interested or they're booked. Um, after the 14 days, then it's once a day and they get on an email list and then they get nurtured that way. Um, but the first 14 days of a lead there, it's twice a day. Yeah. Cause they, they filled out the free week form. Mm -hmm. So you can right. be very proactive about, Hey, yeah. this is someone that Absolutely. wants to do that free class. Right. I'm all about like, you gave me your name and your phone number. So I'm going to call you until you tell me to stop calling you because you asked me to call you. You asked me to contact you. Like, you asked me for a reason, you know? Um, and my studio manager actually gets really creative sometimes with people. Like later on, she, like she sent a text one time, like something about remember when you said that, or remember when you clicked on our ad and you were really excited about coming in and trying our classes. Like, remember that feeling that you had when you clicked on that ad and something to remind them, like you clicked on our ad for a reason. You were in a space or you saw something or you felt a certain way and you wanted to come in, like you got to remember that feeling to get them in. Because a lot of people get scared. Like they click on it and they're like, okay, never mind. I don't really want to do this. And you have to remind them like, yeah, you do want to do this. This is something you clearly want to do. So we get creative, but I think it's important in it. And I think that plays towards our women only thing too, because we can be a little bit more creative um, with women and we can get them a little bit more excited. Because I feel like men are just kind of like, man, I'm going to come in or I'm not going to come in. And ladies like to be hyped. Um, they like to be cared for. They like to be nurtured. Um, they like to know that you actually give a crap about them. And we like to definitely do that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, I think we'll wrap up there. I think that was a lot. And I, I love the, the the details you shared about your process. And I'd love to continue this conversation both yeah. uh, on the show and off the show in the future. Um, Absolutely. So thanks for making the time, Brittany. It's yeah, been a pleasure thank you. you this show. is fun. Yeah, um, I appreciate any, anything you want to add or anything you want to finish with on your end or where people can follow um, you if they want to see yeah, more about you in the gym? Yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram at Britt Welk. Um, our, our gym is Lady Strong Fitness on Facebook. Um, on Instagram, it's Lady Strong underscore fitness. Um, I'll be speaking on a panel at the Boutique Fitness Summit in Chicago next Friday, November 1st. And then I'll also be at the Rise Fitness Business Conference in Dallas, the 8th, November 8th through the uh, 10th. So I'll be there then too. So if you haven't um, been to an event this year, those are two really great ones to come and um, network with some really awesome people. So yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Brittany. We'll talk awesome. to you soon. Thank you.